Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is a remix of Kirby Tunes by video game music remix artist Lacey Johnson. You can find dozens of remix videos of Lacey's on YouTube. And she's got a Persona 4 album out on Bandcamp, several more album projects planned, and dozens more YouTube videos scheduled. It's insane. Her product output is insane and wonderful. <laughs> I got to meet Lacey in April at VGM Con right here in Minneapolis. You must come to VGM Con. I'm telling you it's worth it. I say it often these days. Uh, Lacey and I did a panel together there, or we were on a panel together, and uh, we chat briefly about that in this uh, ensuing conversation. But also we talk about her background, we talk about all the instruments she plays, uh, we talk about Elden Ring, we talk about Kirby, Final Fantasy, Persona, uh, and we talk about 80s music. She's a huge 80s music fan, including the B-52s. Lacey made a five-track playlist of some of her favorite B-52s songs, and that is available to patrons through a private YouTube link that I'll post in the patron-only channel in our Discord. I'll also send patrons a message about that, so be sure to check that out. Also, head to our YouTube channel to see this conversation, and do click subscribe so you don't miss any of the content that we post on YouTube. All right, here's Lacey. Well, howdy, y'all. So my name is Lacey Johnson, <laughs> and I'm starting this real weird because that's who I am. But um, uh, I am a video game music musician uh, on YouTube, Twitch, pretty much everywhere. Aspiring video game composer, lyricist. Um, basically, the majority of what I'm doing right now is not quite note for note, but pretty close to note for note arrangements of video game music in my style, which is what I like to call kind of an overproduced pop punk to some degree. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I play every instrument in all the arrangements that you hear. I'm a multi-instrumentalist and it's really, really fun. And I actually literally eight minutes ago just released a video, oh, nice. uh, a new video where I wrote original lyrics for a song. So that was very cool. It's my first like dipping my toe in because um, I, I used to write more original music. About 10 years ago, I used to write more, but it just kind of wasn't clicking necessarily for me. I was I was having trouble finding an audience and having trouble kind of finding the niche and what I wanted to say through my music. And I've always been passionate about video games, but never thought much about, oh, I could do this or, oh, I could cover the music or, oh, I could meet other people this way. And then just kind of giving it a try a couple of years ago with recording and keeping myself and my skill kind of at a level I was happy with. I started doing video game arrangements and then I got introduced to the VGM community and fell in love with the VGM community and right? the incredible yeah. people. Uh, and so it's it's all kind of naturally, uh, organically blossomed from there because I accept almost as many collaborations as I humanly can um, can keep at one time and it's allowed me to work with people all over the world and it's so freaking cool and it's just inspired me beyond belief so I'm I'm happy to be here <laughs> <laughs> well the community is pretty great and yeah I mean I've loved it for a long long time so I'm oh wait let me sorry need to uh, silence my devices that's oh. a good Good lesson to learn for We're audio production. We're just going to silence all the things. Yeah, probably won't. <laughs> probably won't even cut that out. So 
No, good. A little bonus don't. for you. Don't. This is advice. <laughs> this is life advice yeah, for people. Exactly. Even professionals screw it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so from what, what I heard you say in there, in mm. so many words, is that you were making music and recording before you started doing that in the video yeah. game music community. Yes. So, so I mean, I'm just so interested in your, your musical background because, you know, being a multi-instrumentalist is like, what, where did you start? You know, that's, that's always where I'm curious, what I'm curious about. So, so let's, let's talk about that. Sure. Well, I was a classical music kid. Um, I was in very strict classical piano from when I was about like 10, uh, through college. I went to school for music. I got a degree, a bachelor's in music uh, business. So I got a full business degree as well as a BA, but Since I was in strict classical music, my teachers never let me play anything else. So I was only allowed to play what repertoire they selected. Um, I was, like I said, full-time. So I was doing several classes a week, full-time music theory, uh, Mm -hmm. everything, the whole smorgasbord of what what was available to me. And at the time, honestly, I was just grateful because I begged my parents for lessons. That's what I wanted. So when I kind of got those restrictions placed on me, I naturally wanted to do something for myself just to rebel a little bit. So I taught myself the guitar because I had enough background in music theory and I could figure things out and I knew notes and chords and that was kind of enough to okay, well, this finger here and this placement creates this sound and this structure. Wait, I know all of this. Okay, so then it kind of became a lot easier to connect the dots that way. And so I was kind of a pianist and guitarist for a while, and I always sang. That was something I did, but never actually took lessons until I was just getting out of high school and then in college I had to, which was great. I was so glad that I had teachers just be brutally honest with me and help me make advancements and improvements from there. And it was great. I loved it. Yeah. And in college, I started expanding. I taught myself the banjo, the ukulele. Um, I got experience with an organ, which was really, really fun to learn how to do. Oh, like a pipe organ? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The the foot pedals still confound me a little bit, but (laughs) the whole idea behind it was familiar. You know, it was a keys instrument. So I was immediately like, okay, that's cool. Um, I had a roommate who taught me the accordion. That was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird time. We would go around the uh, the dorm buildings just like serenading people who did not want it. And it was great. <laughs> I was that kid. Awesome. Um, but no, it's great. Like I, I just have this thirst constantly for learning. Um, when I was working at a school a few years ago... Um, a f- colleague of mine exchanged lessons with me, piano lessons for drum lessons, because I was dying to learn drums, yeah. drum kit, percussion. So he taught me that. I taught him piano. It was great. Nice. Um, yeah, I just find these avenues wherever I can to like find a way to learn something new, either monetize it to incentivize myself <laughs> to do it and practice, which it works. It does. And then recently I've even started teaching uh, a lot of the instruments that are not my primary instrument, which is interesting. Like... I had a client the other day ask me what my primary instrument was and it's piano. I've been their guitar teacher for almost like two years now. They've had no idea that that I'm a pianist first and foremost. But you know, that's the beauty of it too. It it makes every single day different. And I currently do a lot of session work and a lot of moonlighting. I play with a lot of different groups and people that are not in VGM. And it's fun because even 
I have an audition as a bass player for a thing coming up soon. I'm doing guitar and keys for an artist. I'm doing keys and vocals for another artist. It's like, it's wonderful because really I can just change the switch in my brain and do whatever is needed and still have a good time doing it. And it's kind of fun. It's like, oh, I could be a bass player. This is fun. This is cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's different. So so when did the keytar come in? Because when did you get your very first keytar? I got to (laughs) know. You know, honestly, the keytar is my newest baby, my newest child. Oh, my God. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. You got to grab it. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I got it when I was in, uh, I was in a VGM band. Uh, a couple of years ago and they needed a guitar player and I was like, well, I've always wanted one because I grew up on 80s music and new wave and all this stuff. And I was like, that is cool as hell. I want that. I got made fun of constantly by bands I was in and people just being like, why would you want a guitar? That's so lame. And I was like, no, you don't understand. It was never lame to me. Yeah. So when Roland released this model a couple of years ago, I went, I need every single thing about this. I don't even care. I'll figure the money out later. Like I need to have this. So I did. And uh, I loved it. It did take a little bit of mental gymnastics just to transition from keyboard to a guitar because it is innately pretty different just in the the physicality of the instrument as well. But then immediately, instead of questioning, I was free. I was able to move. I was able to jump. I was able to do everything I was normally used to being a guitarist and transition it to an instrument where I literally just, it's the extension of my brain. So it's like, oh my God, (laughs) this is great. This is so awesome. Like, this is just the the combo I've been dreaming of, of portability and flexibility for me. So it's dope as hell. I want many more. Um, <laughs> currently working on pursuing that Roland endorsement. We're getting there. Uh, <laughs> uh, nice. But yeah, I just, I love it so much. It's such a fun instrument. Everyone should play guitars. Don't listen to the haters. They're wrong. <laughs> because I mean, obviously you can like plug it into pedals and stuff just like a guitar, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh I yeah. Mean, yeah. So you yeah, can make you that can... thing do whatever you want. You can go wild, absolutely wild. And it has the pedal functionality of like a keyboard. So if you plug in a sustain pedal or any other sort of like modulation pedal, you can still control it like a piano. It works exactly the same way. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just what would Bach say if he could have like had a guitar or something like that? I don't know. You know, that's a great question. And I I would love to explore that idea, honestly. I know. Yeah. So what kind of music were you um, writing and performing before you got into VGM? You know, I was doing a lot of singer-songwriter material. I was working in artist development. Acoustic or? Both, acoustic and electric. Um, I was working in artist development at a studio around here, um, kind of helping with studio sessions and doing a lot of ghosting too um, for writing sessions and stuff like that. And yeah, it was all original music. And then I got into a couple cover bands just being in uh, the studio scene with people coming by because cover bands make money. And so I was gigging and doing whatever I could to, you know, pay my bills. But yeah, I would say a majority of the things I was doing beforehand were always for other people. Like it was was a lot of, you know, 
original piano work mainly, I would say, uh, or organ parts, honestly, because I worked <laughs> at a, I know it's funny to say that, but I worked at a reggae studio. So I did a lot of stuff like that. Chances are, if you heard a couple reggae records uh, from like 2012 to 2015, I was on them because wow. it just was, we were working at a major studio that did most of like any major reggae artist. I was wow. on it. So crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. You know, but that's the thing. I'm flexible. I love all kinds of music and I'm not one of those people that says that and it's like, oh, except no, I, yeah. I will literally listen to anything mm-hmm. <laughs> and play anything. Yeah. It's fun. I, I probably won't, but. Uh. That's fair. <laughs> Honestly, too, I also recognize, I tell it to my friends all the time. I'm like, I realize it's not like a healthy thing to do, but I'll listen to the same song 50 times in a row. Like, it's just like to pick it apart. Yeah. And analyze it and all that. (laughs) Yeah. I do. I definitely 100% will do that for sure. And then I'll feel guilty about it. I'll be like, I should be listening to something new, but I want to hear this song for the 51st time. Like, But it gives me brain tingles. I want to listen to it again. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I want to feel it again. (laughs) So what's the first uh, video game cover you did? So the first video game cover, mm, I think it probably was... I think it was the overworld from Legend of Zelda, technically. Okay. But it never went anywhere. I just was kind of experimenting. And honestly, my production was <laughs> not great. Uh, <laughs> we've come a long way. I'm very proud. We, is in me. I have to refer to them. We've come a long way. Um, but uh, the first cover that really took off was I covered Jump Up Superstar from mm. Super Mario Odyssey. And that was a absolute mission because at the time the game was brand new the song was brand new there were no lead sheets no nothing no sheet music no transcriptions and so I did it all by ear and I was one of those like one of the first to get it out uh and it was crazy how much it blew up I was a very small channel at that time just kind of covering pop music doing whatever to again keep my skills fresh and Mm -hmm. use my degree to an extent um (laughs) And just feel like I was, you know, recording and trying to do something and practice production. And then when that blew up, I went, oh my gosh, I really did not expect this, like, at all. Here we go, off the rails. Don't you know it's time to raise our sails? It's freedom like you never knew Don't be backs or a pass Say the word, I'll be there in a flash You could say my hat is off to you A friend of mine that I went to school with was working for a pretty big content creator at the time and they wanted me in their video because they loved my cover and they said, oh my God, if you're available, we'd love you to come to our production studio and like, we can do a little music video here at the studio. And so we did. Nice. That helped put me in front of a lot more people because <laughs> uh, he had a couple hundred thousand uh, subscribers. So nice. it was definitely a sub- substantial audience. And I had a really honest conversation with his manager, the content creator's manager. And he kind of flat out asked me, he said, what do you want to do? And I went, God, that's a great question. you know. <laughs> but he said, "You know, what covers do you want to make? Do you want to keep doing pop music? Do you want to do this video game thing. Cause it seems like that's kind of where your, your passion is. And I went, well, no one's ever asked me that before. I guess, I guess I want to do the video game thing. And so that's literally kind of how it 
started on that drive home, I was like, I'm going to do the video game music thing. This is great. Like, this is what makes me happy and other people like it for whatever reason. So I'm going to find out and I'm going to love it. And it's great. So you you had mentioned that you're you are a gamer. So yes. like, what did you grow up playing? So my favorite franchise of all time is Final Fantasy. I have okay. the Final <laughs> Fantasy Ten sigil on my wrist. Love it. Because um, yeah. it, it really like kept me in music lessons too. Uh, the Final Fantasy Ten soundtrack is a very piano based. All of Final Fantasy is very piano based because mm-hmm. Uematsu, the composer of a lot of the games that I really enjoy is a pianist and organist. So it's like so much of it makes sense for me um, just from that perspective. But I love the games, the storytelling, like my first loves were unequivocally JRPG protagonists. Like it's just, (laughs) it was the first time I went, oh, all the boys are so pretty. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) And the girls are really cool and smart and strong. Oh, this is it. I found my genre. So I'm a big JRPG fan. Still am. Um, I recently kind of not shifted. I won't say that because I'll drop everything in the world for a new Final Fantasy. But like I've shifted a little bit of my focus to Persona. Uh, the Persona series yeah. is absolutely outstanding. Um, and I'm kind of working my way backwards. I started with Persona 5 and absolutely loved it. Played Strikers, um, played Royal, played, you know, every offshoot of it. I watched the anime. I was like, I'm so invested. Wow. Yeah. And then Persona 4, I absolutely loved. I made an album about Persona 4. And now I'm on three. I'm working through three. So I'm, I'm really just working backwards, enjoying every step of the way. But yeah, I, I grew up an N64 kid, and I played all the big N64 titles, Banjo-Kazooie, Mario Kart, you know, Diddy Kong Racing. I'm going to go that far. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was really interesting for me to kind of expand from that point and Pokemon and kind of everything that wasn't story driven. And then Final Fantasy X was really the big game for me where I went, oh my God, this is like a movie. Like these stories break my heart and I fall in love, genuinely in love with characters. And um, not going to lie, my first email was Titus Lover One at Yahoo. I will put myself on blast for that. It's fine. Uh, we're being honest here. So it's it. like, you know, I, I genuinely, it became my identity. Like I, I yeah. just loved these games and I loved how inspired the characters felt and they were nothing like the media I was consuming here. Mm-hmm. And I, it just really 
became such a uh, a big source of so much inspiration and uh, I even cut my hair to look like Yuna for some time and you know just like <laughs> did everything I could so that way I like really felt connected and felt authentic and even still you know like I said I'll drop everything in the world for Final Fantasy 16 I hear rumors it's actually going to come out soon uh, I will drop everything for that when Final Fantasy yep. 7 Remake Part 1 came out I didn't exist for 10 days because I was just playing that game <laughs> <laughs> and I'm unapologetic. I'm like, I'm sorry. If you need me, I'm not here. Yeah. <laughs> this is my life right now. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. This, this is my yeah. life. This is my yeah. identity. I refuse to comment further. Thank you. So keys you've got down, obviously classical, yeah. classically trained. Which, of course, me, I'm always self indulgently asking classically trained musicians questions about, because that's my. I mean, I love, I love classical music. So excellent, very good. Especially piano, and I was such a bad pianist, but um, <laughs> I love, uh, you know, keyboards. Not as I'm, I'm particularly a Baroque person, but I okay. also. Huge, huge Beethoven, huge okay. Beethoven. Um, yeah. So I'm just curious what sure. your loves were, or maybe oh still God. are, when you oh were playing. Like, what did you really, did you, were you like Chopin preludes all day, or what, what was your, what was your deal? All right, here's the scoop. <laughs> Give me the scoop, man. I, I don't think this will be surprising even a little bit. I am a romantic pianist. <laughs> I all right. love, I love Grieg. I'm a big fan of Schumann. Mm, A lot of program music, actually, which is interesting. And I know that kind of tapers into contemporary a little bit. But I would play anything and everything I could get my hands on that was very emotive. Claire de Lune was one of my final, um, like I did a full concert for it. But um, Debussy, obviously, is one of my big choices. But (laughs) it's like, it it was an avenue. I enjoy it. Beethoven's one of my favorite composers. But I always felt... Whenever I'd play Beethoven, because I played Moonlight Sonata, I was playing it like a romantic pianist. And I had my my teacher tell me that. She went, you know, I appreciate what you're doing because it's artistry, but like we need to be a little more particular to the genre. And I went, okay, what's a genre that would let me not do that? Romantic? Guess that's for me. All right, let's go. (laughs) So uh, I was committed to being the romantic pianist that broke all of the rules. I was definitely, I wrote endings. There was a a piece I played, and I'm so glad I can't remember it now because I would embarrass myself, but there was like a (laughs) 10-page... I think it was a sonata that I played and I forgot the last movement. I completely, when I was performing it, forgot. So I wrote the last movement at a concert. <laughs> <laughs> and I just see my, I see my teacher in the back of the room just going like, <laughs> just totally face palming and being like, oh God. But I remembered the last like 10 measures. And so like <laughs> brought oh, it God. back together. It's fine. Amazing. But it's funny though now, like as I have some classical piano students, it's interesting approaching it kind of from the other side, right? Because every person does have the genre they lean to, the the period that they lean to. I have a student who is so mathematical, he's going into as like a double major in bio and calculus. Wow. He loves Baroque music. He's oh, course, so yeah. good at it. And it just like, 
I always had teachers tell me that because I was never a math person. So I'm like, okay, well, it makes sense. That it's never made sense for me, I guess. But <laughs> it comes so naturally to him. And so I push him with a lot of different kinds of music for that reason as well, just to be like, look, I know this is easy for you, but you can't approach everything in this manner because yeah. you should think more about not what's easy, but what is, you know, needed or what's the the art behind it what's the the intent the purpose that's what i always say but it's nice to approach classical music from the other side in a non-toxic and non-conforming <laughs> way too <laughs> because there's ways to teach it and not be limiting you know like yeah. to to learn the rules not for the sake of necessarily following them but respecting what they did for the genre what they contribute to the piece the composition itself because there's a lot to be learned from that and i wish my teachers taught me that a lot earlier because I learned things for the sake of you have to learn this, this is your homework, do this. And that made no connection for, with me, whatever. It was when I was in college pursuing my degree, having to do counterpoint and form an analysis for hours a day. And I went, oh my God, this is genius. You know, you see the, the art behind it and yeah. the creation of it and how things evolve throughout time and how some melodic ideas were used to insult other composers because it was a trivial idea and then this composer turned it on its head and that was meant to be an insult. And I was like, oh my God, there's so much drama. This is great. Like, wow. <laughs> anyway, TLDR, I am a uh, romantic, uh, romantic pianist uh, with an emphasis in breaking the rules. So that is definitely <laughs> where my, my skill set and my interest lies. Well, that Thank works you. out very well for the romantic era. <laughs> I think that was the name of the game in the romantic era, really. Was Absolutely. Breaking, breaking, pushing the boundaries. But yeah. but yeah, that's really, you know, when you think about thinking about like your teacher saying this is mm -hmm. Beethoven is supposed to supposed to be kind right. of this way right you know that that can be a damaging thing but mm -hmm. I mean you know but also you want people to make music out of it and make it their yeah. own so yeah of yeah. course yeah yeah and I feel like it, it's finding it's kind of setting those rules and or structure of something to see someone's artistic view because you really can see what they bring to the table if they approach it from a very neutral, like, okay, well, this is these are the things you must do. The rest is up to you. Then right. that's kind of what's exciting, I think, because I've I've definitely heard performances from a couple of my students that has made me cry because it shows their their art in it, and that's so yeah. beautiful. And I just wish I'd had that idea <laughs> earlier in my career than later in my twenties, because I was sure. like, oh. Yeah, th this is actually pretty cool. I did not appreciate this at age 15. <laughs> <laughs> said earlier too that you kind of grew up on like uh, you know like 80s music so how did that yes. happen because I don't think that you're my age so no <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> my parents are big fans of new wave music. Um, my Love favorite it. live band to see is still the B-52s. I have seen them seven times. I'm seeing them on their farewell tour. I just got tickets. Okay, nice. <laughs> I love them. I, I yeah. absolutely love it. And what I love about new wave music was how absolutely off the wall it could be. It yeah. could, you could go from anywhere where something would sound like some sort of goth rock, you know, straight out of the cure, like this is dope. And then there's a synth breakdown for no reason. And it's just <laughs> like, this is absolutely insane. I love it. I can't get enough of it. So yeah, we, we listen to a lot a lot of new wave in my house. My dad is a big psychedelic rock fan. He's a deadhead. Like we had nothing but fascinating music choices, I would say. Um, And then I had this affinity to bubblegum pop. So I was listening to all of that on my little Walkman. And then every time I'd come out, you know, there would be a dead live at Winterland playing somewhere. And then I'd get in my mom's car and we'd be listening to Pat Benatar. And, you know, it's just like literally everything from the 80s was my foundation, which is so, I didn't even realize it until I started making music. And I went, what do you mean you wouldn't go straight for the synthesizer? What's wrong with you? (laughs) What are you talking about? What do you mean you wouldn't just like get a flanger and make these guitar lines that sound like the Smiths? You know, why wouldn't you do that? So... Yeah. It's fascinating. It made quite the impression for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and to, you know, just speaking of Flangers, uh, sure. how did Absolutely. you... <laughs> like, who taught you music production? Is that self-taught? You just learned grinding on how to mix and all that stuff? Because you know, when a, we did the panel mm-hmm. together, I just... Yes. You know, uh, the panel that we did together was, you know, we're listening to composers who are mm-hmm. submitting music for this clip of video game business. Yes. And, and you know, me, I have, like, very little production mm. in, like knowledge. Sure. It's <laughs> the word I'm looking for. Um, <laughs> the know-how. And the so, knowledge. you know, so it's, it's, but it's easy. It's very easy for me to, to talk about something musically speaking. Right. Sure. But, sure. but you know, everybody else on the panel was doing what you were doing, which is commenting mm-hmm. on the music and the production. And I'm just yeah. like, well, I can't, I can't do that. So, <laughs> so I'm, yeah, just where did you, uh, wh- where did that come into your life? So, This is a very interesting answer, and this is kind of tying into how music really got started for me. I have always had the skill, ever since I was a young kid, to pick apart music parts, instruments, things on their own just with my ears. Yeah. Um, And that was how I started doing piano was I was at my friend's house and learned a whole song just by hearing it once. And so I've always kind of had this gift to be able to pick apart, like, oh, I could hear this one part on the far left side and, you know, isolate it just by listening to it and figure it out. And so realizing now that's not normal, that's not a thing that it's fine. When I went to school and we started doing music production my very first year, we did uh, Mm -hmm. film and music, which was absolutely something I was obsessed with. I had never touched a MIDI keyboard in my life. I had no idea you could use MIDI instruments to make orchestral sounds. And we made mock-ups for TV show pilots and stuff like that. It was cool. I had a professor pull me aside and be like, have you done this before? Is this new to you? What's the deal? I went, no, I don't know. I just was doing it like I heard it in my head. And he went, oh God, okay. Well, (laughs) I, um, I think you get it. And I think we should probably put you in some other classes because this is definitely a skill you have. And I went, okay. So, um, (laughs) 
Literally, I just did whatever professors were like, yeah, you should do this. I went, sure. Taking like 25 units a quarter, just like (laughs) messing my life up because I loved it. I I like could not get enough and I went to school for it. I was like, oh my God, I get graded on this. This is awesome. (laughs) Yes, I'll learn how to write for strings. Yes, I'll learn how to, whatever you need. Like I got it. So I was very fortunate that the university I chose was so just completely curated for someone like me because there were no requisites, you know, and if there were, teachers would be like, no, you're fine. We'll just make sure you can take this, whatever you need. I was so fortunate to find a program where all the professors were so helpful and so understanding of someone like me who was just doing too much all the time. (laughs) And it was really great. I I had a professor, his name's Arthur Weiner. I I love this man with all of my heart. He's still there. He was a Sony engineer uh, for years and he teaches... Uh, music production and mastering at Cal Poly Pomona, which is where I went. And he gave me some of the best feedback on all of my projects. He always picked everything apart, made me solo all my tracks and tell me exactly what he liked or didn't and how to improve it. He never was gatekeeping. He always saw that I wanted to do this and I was not going to get a degree and maybe do something else and sometimes do music. He went, no, I can see you're someone who really wants this. So let's work on this together. So his patience and his knowledge and uh, everything that he gave to me is so valuable. I still I still attribute so much to my production to his ears today. Wow. And of course, you know, it's evolved and I take whatever music I can find and be like, oh, I like this. Let me try and find this sound in my little library and incorporate it into a project I'm doing. I still do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, why not? You know, it's like, well, clearly I like this. So someone else might like this too. Let me see if I could incorporate this in my way, you know? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, a lot of experimentation. Um, I think just a lot of exploration within all my instruments too. Spending the time and trying to understand what I like or don't like about something and why. Speaking of all those instruments, like what what's on your list to learn? I mean, are there any wind instruments in your future? You know, like- God, I wish. I wish. I tried. <laughs> when I was a kid, I tried to do clarinet. I tried to do trumpet. I tried to do violin. I'd still love to, but I just, I recognize I have friends who are far more talented now. So I'm like, hey, it's okay. I'll just, I'll hire them if I need a quartet. That's okay. (laughs) What I really want to do next is a little bit more percussion. I want to, of course, I don't have the space just looking at my space right now, but (laughs) I would love to expand my percussion capabilities. I would love to have more Uh, acoustic percussion instruments. I have my drums over here, but I definitely, like they're electronic drums, so I'm a little limited just in the timbres that I can really get. But yeah, I I would love to expand more percussion-wise. That would be so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But other than that, thankfully, there's not more on the docket for me (laughs) because I just physically don't have the room for more instruments. This is not all of my guitars, by the way. (laughs) So the other half are over there and then I've got a piano here and 
uh, Moog up here, my piano, my other piano is over here. So it's it's kind of like I just they're yeah. all in a space. I just accumulate them yeah. like this. <laughs> Composition, then you said mm -hmm. you know you really do want to get into more composition yeah. for games, especially. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, you know, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, okay. So, um, lately I uh, have been experimenting in my covers with writing new sections of music within them. Um, it's a very new and very uncertain thought for me because. I frankly never thought I was good at it. I never had anyone say to me once in my career at university and everything, just, I never had someone say, wow, this sounds great. You know, like what you wrote is so great. I love whatever. I never had that. And I was fine with that because frankly, I love just playing other people's music. You know, I mean, <laughs> I was getting paid to play someone's piano line or like getting paid to do bass or guitar or whatever for someone else. And I was fine with that. I wasn't really looking for anything beyond that. I played with a lot of great musicians and I, you know, heard them talk about writing solos or sections and I never related to that much because I just went, well, that's cool. I mean, you tell me the progression, I'll learn it in five seconds and we'll play it. You know, like that was kind of just the exchange I had. I had so many lead players in my life. I never really thought anything more of it than that. And it wasn't really until I'd say when the collabs started. So right about at the height of 2020 for me, where I had collaborators want keyboard solos from me. And I went, oh God, no. Like I, <laughs> hmm, I don't know how to say this, but this is not, this is not my skill, you know? But I was like, you tell me what you want and I'll play it. I could literally play you any classic rock solo you want on a keyboard. I could do that. But I instead said, okay, I'll get that to you next week. And I started making myself right, even though I was so insecure about it. I literally took it down to a form structure and just made it simple for myself in a way that's classical that I could kind of expand and be like, okay, well, what are other things that have happened? Let me try and reference those and et cetera. So my, my process has thankfully evolved a little beyond that, which is nice. <laughs> because as I said, um, I have started adding full sections into yeah. my work now, which is so exciting. And I'm like, I'm so proud of my little self because I know how anxious it makes me to wow. add anything original into cover work. And one of the examples that I can think of immediately where I did this and it was very successful was I covered Crate from uh, Metroid. <laughs> Lair from Metroid 1, and I added an entire prog breakdown into the cover, and I was so insecure, but I was like, 
I hope it I hope it hits because it makes me feel real, you know, like whoo every time I hear it. So <laughs> yeah. I was inspired by a lot of my friends like Ropan Oganti and Rich Eddie Flat and like a lot of the guys in my life that are such incredible guitar players that just do this all the time and they just crank out like 16 bar sections that make you go, oh my God, but that section <laughs> though, you know, like, <laughs> so I was trying to channel them and their creative genius a little bit and take it kind of into like, okay, well, what would I do? If I was writing this, and I was writing this, but I was still trying to just be like, okay, whatever mental approach I have to do to, to actually put this together. And I couldn't believe the response. People went, oh my God, I had no idea you could do this. And I went, me neither, but I'm so <laughs> glad you liked it. <laughs> That was pretty recent. That was just at the end of last year that I did that. Um, so it's it's evolving all the time, and I have something coming out at the end of this month that I am officially announcing next week. But um, sweet, that work itself has so much originality in it. It's work that I couldn't believe I made, and it just it came to me. It was not something I was trying to do. It was a cover I was working through, and. I just couldn't help but feel like so much of it was repetitive and what if I wish there was something else in there that sounded like, and that's literally what inspired almost a two minute complete departure from the, the piece itself. And I went, huh, it's almost like I want to be writing original music, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, what an idea. <laughs> and it's, it's always been an aspiration of mine to do scoring to some degree. And so, I mean, this, this channel has been such an amazing experiment for me in the sense of, huh, okay, you could do this. This is definitely an instrumentation style that you identify with just kind of the production I've been making lately, which is hard rock synth, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> that's, that's on my, you know, business card, hard, hard rock synth, whatever. But it's, uh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's very exciting to me to think of writing original game music because yeah. it's, it's the thing that makes me feel alive and made me make a connection to this instrument I was playing when the repertoire really wasn't doing it for me. Um, and, you know, just to to make someone feel that way by listening, even if that person is myself, that's just, to me, just like the highest enlightening part of yeah. playing an instrument, writing the music. Because really, I mean, that's what music is. It's a language that you don't necessarily need to speak to appreciate. And right. it's it's something I would love to do to just show my point of view, if, if anyone cares, it's like, you know, <laughs> and again, the fact that like anyone cares about what I have to say is fascinating to me all the time, but, um, no, nah, you know, it, it's something I, I would just love to do and to share with people. And I'm mm -hmm. finding that I'm enjoying it so much more lately than I, yeah. than I ever did. <laughs> it's the art of it. So cool.
so you just released a Kirby medley a couple of weeks ago or so, which is awesome. Because Kirby, you. who doesn't love Kirby? I, mean, I am obsessed. <laughs> oh, God. So he good. He's so precious and so chaotic, an agent of chaos. Agent of chaos. Agent of precious chaos. <laughs> precious call chaos. that. Yeah. Love that. Um, and so that that was really fun. Uh, and you said you're going to announce something next week. This is going to publish um, a couple weeks from now. I'll tell you more about that when we start oh, recording. Okay. But oh, fun. Um, so it should it might line up really well for that. Um, it, it would actually. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so that's good news. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah. What else is what else are you working on right now that you can talk about? Uh, you um, said Persona Three. So. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm also working on something with Persona Three. I can say that for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, hmm. <laughs> I immediately within like the first seven hours of playing this game, I went, "Oh God, I'm planning another record." I just feel it. <laughs> I'm ah. so upset. I was genuinely so mad because I went, "Oh." Let's do this again, I guess. Like, great. <laughs> so I've already got, like, a few tracks in the works for that. I did a collaboration with my friend, Ferd K, who's from Argentina. Um, we released Burn My Dread. Perform that live at VGMCon too. That oh, was nice. like the debut of it, which was pretty cool to do. Um, and uh, I was just so upset that it sounded so good because <laughs> I really I love Persona and I love the music and I love covering it and it literally is one of the easiest games I've ever had a connection to so quickly. Like. The Persona 4 record was put together in less than six months. The whole thing wow. was recorded start to finish in less than six months. That's amazing. And like, it just was because I, I could not stop. And unfortunately, I'm feeling similarly with the Persona 3 one. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you are wow. just finishing other project. And this is not the time to start this now, please. <laughs> Maybe uh, it's the perfect time, Lacey. You know, unfortunately, Emily, I believe it would be. <laughs> Uh, so we'll see. There might be a few things to look forward to in that regard okay. from me this year. Good. Um, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing no, else you can mention, I suppose. It's huh? fine. No, no, no. I, um, yeah. I'm very excited to be working with so many friends and new, new friends in the, the VGM scene as well. Yeah. Because we're definitely pushing the envelope myself and them included for what kind of genres we can create together. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm really, really excited for basically the next three months of uploads from me. Cause <laughs> I, 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 uh, unbiased will say it's some of my best work personally. So. Now, how far ahead are you? I mean, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to step on that. Ah, um, that's all good. <laughs> how far ahead are you working? Like, uh, I mean, you say you've got several months of uploads planned. Yeah. I mean, how how many of those things are finished? Or are you kind of, <laughs> so. you know, like we, we have, se I have several months planned too, but sure, um, not, sure. like none of the interviews are done. You know what I sure. mean? So yeah, yeah, of course. 
the way that I work, I definitely record audio as I do it, just whatever comes to me. And usually the reason I can have, like I have about 30 covers done right now. Oh, um, wow. That yes. are out or that nope. are not out? That are not out right now. Damn, I want I work, some of that mojo. <laughs> I work very fast, uh, but I do videos one at a time, um, except for collabs. Those kind of operate on their own schedule just as it is with another person in the mix. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit of a production machine. And a lot of the time, if I start something, I'm usually working on two other things at that same time. And they all, just to take a break from one, I'll move to the next one. And that kind of creates this, oh, wow, I have like my whole month planned out now. Look at that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah, it definitely varies though. There's some things where if I hear it, like with Elden Ring, because I always have to bring it up into our conversation. <laughs> yeah. uh, when we got Elden Ring the day it came out, I heard the title screen, never hearing it before. And in that, I literally almost ran to my computer because I went, I have to cover this. The next day I covered it in three hours and released it that following Friday because wow. I was just like, I'm a woman possessed. I can't, <laughs> I can't not do this. I'm going to spend my entire day figuring out every piece of it, what I want to add to it, what I don't want to change about it. And yeah. then it will be done and released. And it's still one of my favorite covers I've done because I did it the old school way. I used to do that with YouTube all the time instead yeah. of actually planning. But it's like <laughs> that kind of passion and that excitement just makes me so much more excited to do the work and to film a video for it and do effects and or planning and whatever, you know? It's like, wow. I care so much. It's so exciting. <laughs> So are you, did you play, are you playing it? Did you play I it? I am, I am playing Elden Ring. Are you playing Elden Ring? <laughs> oh God, yeah. Well, that was the funny thing. When we were at VGM Con together, just for context for you listening, uh, that was, that had like just, I mean, it hadn't just come out. No, it had been still, out for like six like a, weeks or something, yeah, a month yeah, maybe. Yeah, about a and, month. But, but everybody, it's like all anybody was <laughs> talking about and I was like, can we shut the fuck up about Elden Ring for a half a no. minute? No. But then I met Mon, Mark Schimmelbush, mm -hmm. Oh yeah. But, well, and I had listened to his Bloodborne concept album mm -hmm. before v VGM Con and yeah. was really taken by it. And so yeah. like that kind of got me back into the souls. <sighs> and so then it was, <laughs> I don't remember hole. how long after <laughs> VGM Con, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to buy it. <laughs> then I bought it and I played it on PS4, which I mean, then I got my PS5. So there yeah, it's go. just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yes, I'm playing it. Good. We, so we were just joking about like, God, can people just not talk about, so anyway. Yeah, and then it funny. became my mission to bring it up in every single conversation point that I would make. And yeah. poor, em poor Emily was a real good sport because I could tell she wanted to cuss me out about this it. This fucking time. Elden Ring, come on. But yeah, I, what's funny is I started, I started as a bandit and that just, okay. I wasn't able to make that happen. I, and and yeah. now that I know more, I'd like to go back and probably start another bandit but I went when I started over I was like okay let's just I can't yeah. it's not paladin it's a vagabond or something yeah, like whatever the soldier what, is I'm like yeah. let's just yeah do this, we did so. vagabond um the first time because well now this is my first souls game um yeah and so I'm surprised I like it because I get very frustrated so easily and so I'm surprised. Yeah. But I still, I mainly just run in cowardice from everything. I wish I were a, a badass with it, but I'm not quite there yet. We'll get there. But um, we started Vagabond and I know that I'm pretty close in the story to where I can do stat rerolls. 
Yeah. And I think I will, um, because as I'm seeing, unfortunately, uh, intelligence and uh, a couple other stats are kind of more important right now for me where I'm at. So I'm like, oh yeah. boy. Well. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't, there's still so many things I really don't quite understand about the game. And I feel sure. like I've read and watched so many how-tos that I'm yeah. like, okay, I can't watch a how-to on this other thing. Like, yeah. so, so there are vast properties of the game that I am not even doing like spell casting like oh yeah no me neither so it's like I'm just like Mm -mm. I'll learn that on my next playthrough I guess exactly yeah you just gotta you just gotta conquer it one class at a time I guess exactly that's that's what that's what the true souls players would say so yeah it's okay we're just getting through it it's okay What else are you playing? Are you, or is that enough? For oh my you god, right now? I'm playing so many games, which is so unlike me because life has never let me ha- play this much, these many games at one time. Well, yeah. So what do you got? Uh, all right, let's strap in. Here we go. So I'm playing <laughs> Elden Ring. Uh, I'm playing Kirby right now. Yeah. Um, I just started it, and I cried the first night that I played it because I went. This game makes me feel genuine joy, and I oh. love it so yeah. much. Like. Yeah. It's just great. It's everything I've wanted. Um, We've been calling it Elden Ring when I'm playing it because (laughs) it's basically just Kirby in a, you know, a desolate land fighting things that want to kill him. And I'm like, Elden Ring? So anyway, (laughs) uh, I'm playing that. We're playing through Persona 3. Yeah. Um, I'm playing, oh, what's the other one? uh, Tales of Arise, which I'm really liking so far. And then I've been wanting to replay Life is Strange as well, which is one of my favorite mm, games. So nice. I, I'm actually playing video games. I am what you would call, <laughs> one might call a gamer at this time, nice. um, which is really exciting. Like I said, I've never have had time to do this. I've never found, like, since I was in college, I think, time to make for myself to play video games right now. And I'm realizing the busier things are, the more I am at this beautiful but one workspace all day. I need time away. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm trying, I'm actually delighted to find it in video games again because awesome. I feel it, it's definitely a much better mental place for me to create mm-hmm. things and to think about things. Yeah, yesterday I listened to the Kirby House theme, which is Green Greens, but in the jazziest arrangement humanly possible. I listened to it for 17 and a half minutes straight yesterday because (laughs) that's just what my brain needed. Yeah, yeah. And I went, oh boy, kid, you're going through something, aren't you? You need need some Kirby. (laughs) That's awesome. I love Kirby though. Kirby's great. One of the few Game Boy games that I had. Oh, that nice. Was, that was the that was like the only thing my mother allowed me to have when well, I was a kid. Cool. So yeah. I mean, that's a good choice. 
Again, yeah. the agent of chaos. It just makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> An evil fucking cloud. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, now that I know you've got like 30 covers in the can, that which is still, I'm trying to understand that kind of productivity, but... <laughs> Is there anything, I mean, this question seems ridiculous because it would seem like, well, there must not be, you'd be doing it already. Is there anything you strive to do? Like, oh my God, my dream is to do, you know, Final Fantasy X or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. What, what's, your, what's your dream game that you haven't touched yet that you want to touch? Touch grass. Uh, sorry, touch grace. Uh, <laughs> uh, touch your grace. That's what we call it every time is touching grass. Um, <laughs> uh, Elden Ring, everyone, just, just in case you're not Elden, Elden Ring. Ringing. Yeah. But also touch grass. It's good for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> God, what haven't I covered yet? I have a couple things. I keep like a memo at all times in my phone of things to cover. That's what it's called. Sure. And it's been kind of evolving and growing. Um. Boy, I would love to cover more Final Fantasy X. It's my favorite game, and I've only done a couple songs from it, which is, I think, more Mm. a sign of I don't feel like I'd have anything new to say with some of the pieces, and so I haven't touched it for that reason. Um, Usually, that's kind of the way things go. Even with um, the Persona 4 track, Your Affection, I tried to start that song four times. I tried to... I've scrapped that production four times. Because it just wasn't right, and I wasn't feeling like what I added was anything new or anything important, basically. And the one time that I was, it was the last track I finished too, and I was kind of like, "Oh, I gotta do something with this." Like, <laughs> I can't not have your affection. It's one of the biggest songs in Persona Four, and it was another Elden Ring situation where I had an idea. I was inspired by "Fly Like an Eagle" by Steve Miller, straight up. And I was like, future. because the the uh, intro to that song is so trippy, kind of like Fly Like an Eagle, how it has that like moment where everything's just kind of ascending constantly. And I went, that's it. That's how I'm going to do it. So that's how I started. And I finished the song in 48 hours. It was just kind of one of those moments for me. So sometimes what really inspires me is very spur of the moment and I literally become possessed and I can't do anything else or talk about anything else until I finish it because it's just, I'm assuming that's what a lot of songwriters feel like most of the time too because you have to get the idea out, whatever it is. It's like, it needs to go somewhere so I can move on with my life and have like a neurotypical way of thinking. Um, but for me, it's it's more like, I'll hear something and be like, oh my God, I must make that sound. How do I make that sound? And I find out how to do it. So like, I don't know. I'd love to do more Final Fantasy X. I would love to do more Kingdom Hearts, honestly. Oh. Um, that would be kind of fun to do. Yeah, and then there's there's like a lot of people I really want to work with that I don't think I'm 
not in a place to ask them for their, you know, musicality, but I think definitely like having a song come to mind or a piece come to mind that went, oh my God, I need them for this. Like that's kind of the way I like to approach collaborations too. So sure. I need I need some divine inspiration from from the games. <laughs> yeah. They just need to come to me more. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you've done such amazing work. It's it's really fun to watch videos. Um, talk to me a little bit about your Twitch stream. What goes on on that? Sure. Well, it's pure chaos. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Just like Kirby. Yeah. It's basically Kirby, but in a Twitch stream. No, you know what? Honestly, I'm trying to get back into it. I love streaming on Twitch. I love it so much. And I previously had struggled because I had I had, had the hardest time figuring out how to easily stream. Right, Because for me, if it's a lot of work, it's like a video. I don't want to commit any hour of the day to doing it unless I just do it and it's done. So I've had to make, this has been tricky. I've had to make streaming fun for myself to set up, <laughs> to do. Really, I know it seems interesting, but just the way my brain is, is I have so many things happening at any given time that if there's one more thing of work, I won't do it. I'm just like, nope, this is too much of an ask for me for today. I'm not going to do it. So I spent so much time creating the easiest way to do music streams, which is one thing I do. I figured out an easy way to do gaming streams just from this little setup. So I'll stream like Animal Crossing or uh, I'm a big fan of shovelware. So any like shitty game that came out for the Wii or the PlayStation, like I own them. And I actually have a shovelware stream planned this next week, which I'm very excited about, which I can okay. say here because it'll already have happened. So it's Garfield Kart Racers <laughs> and I can't wait to stream it. Uh, my friend Laura and I, oh, we just, God. we thrive on going to GameStop and finding the worst games we possibly can and playing them live because it's just, yeah. she's a hairdresser. So we found a game called Busy Scissors, which is for the <laughs> Wii. Deep cut, I know, but like, so Busy, Busy Scissors, Scissors, it was this awful motion control of trying to do hairstylist things. And so I would have her play it and try and analyze on stream what is working and what is not. So it was great. Um, you know, I love doing that kind of stuff, but really for me, like since I've monetized so many other things in my life, Twitch has very much become a fun thing for me to do. It's yeah. become a great way to do live music, to connect with people who might enjoy my music, who mm -hmm. never even had heard of me before. And really that's kind of how I'm treating it. I want to become more regular with my streams. I say it all the time, but I still want to. And I'm working on that because I think it, it really is a great way to keep myself playing too. I've kind of made it my rehearsal a little bit for some of these tracks that I do. But just talking with people and connecting and making actual friendships is really amazing thing that Twitch can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's cool. The live stream thing is very cool. Yeah. It's well, really coming up. <laughs> it's, it's on its way. <laughs> It'll be huge. <laughs> One of these uh, days. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of feel like I could talk to you all day. Uh, what what else What else do you want to mention, though, that I haven't brought up about, you know, mm. the work you do or what you want people to know about you? I found I, it very hard to learn about you, actually. Even though you're everywhere, you're kind of nowhere. You know what I interesting. mean? Interesting. Like, in that... It's working. In that, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like you're, you're publicly there, but I, yeah. you know, there's no bio, like... Th that stuff I kind of had to piece together, which is sure, interesting. Sure. So good. Um, My Enigma status is really working for me. <laughs> uh, so you know what? El what else do you want people to know? So one thing that I really want people to know is I really want to 
work with composers and make music in games. I really want to do this. I think even as a player, a session player, a vocalist, whatever, I'm really wanting to dip my toes and expand further. As I've said, I, I love to learn and push myself past where I'm comfortable. I really want to start that part of my musical journey because I feel I've learned so much about composers and a lot of melodic ideas from composers to the point where I would be a very valuable asset to add to a music team or a soundtrack team of any kind like that. So that's kind of where I really want the next phase of my music journey to go. And I know a lot of VGM people, that's kind of the natural progression of things. So I'm just putting it out into the world, like I'm going to make it happen. I really want to do it. Yeah. I'm working on my website, so soon my Enigma status will go much lower. There you go. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to be hard. You know, dodging the law. It's fine. Just trying to stay <laughs> stay a little bit underground. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, but I I guess I'll say this here, especially if it's coming out in a few weeks. I am releasing um, a new record, a Metroid album that is coming oh, out this month. Yes. This month. Uh, it's my, it, maybe my personal favorite old school 8-bit. Excellent. Personal favorite, the original so, Metroid, yeah. I think you will be very pleased, Emily, because I have Fuck chosen you. music from the entire franchise. Um, the only game, ironically, which is one of my favorites, that didn't make it on was Fusion. Okay. Um, but I had enough kind of rounding out the melodic ideas, so there's yeah. 11 tracks on this record. Very, very excited. It's called Next Mission. And it will, everything going right will be dropping at the end of May. So that's very exciting. And you're, okay, because we're recording right now. This is May 6th. Mm -hmm. You are announcing it on what date? Next week. Okay, next week. Yeah, 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 because we'll be publishing after that. So Perfect. Great. Cool. So yes. Oh, that's very exciting. So everybody go get your Metroid, your Lacey Johnson (laughs) Metroid, which is bound to be awesome. It it will be very good. It's a very uh, powerful record. And I feel very strongly about the path of it, the emotion behind it, because my titling for Next Mission is kind of a little bit of a conflicted emotion, right? Because Samus is constantly finding new things about who she is, what her mission is on this world, wherever the setting is, that there is a little more to it than what is initially, it's always kind of like, there's a twist, but sometimes it's about Samus, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's about everything. So the creative thought behind the record itself is Samus going through all of these journeys, these twists and turns, these bosses, these moments of calm, and then eventually reaching this plateau where she's victorious, but you can always tell there's a little bit of an undercurrent of darkness and uncertainty beneath it. So it kind of, my goal was to create the feeling of what Metroid gives to me and the questions that I always have at the end of a Metroid game. So that was kind of my idea going through Prime, going through Metroid 1 and 2, a little bit of everything really. <laughs> like yeah. There's some arrangements from Return of Samus on there. Like there, There's a lot of homages to a lot of melodic ideas that I wanted to incorporate.
But yeah, I, I feel very happy with the concept because I think it's a little deep. A little deep. Makes you think. A little so, deep. Love it. So, well, calling it I next mission. I cannot wait to hear it. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> Heck yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, That'll excited. be really, really good. Sweet. Very excited about that. <laughs> what else do you want to say, Lacey, before we go our separate ways? Oh, well, let's see. Um, I guess I'll, I'll promote myself. So I make YouTube covers um, and I stream on Twitch. You can find me just about on every single social media platform. I'm on it if you're on it usually uh, <laughs> at Lacey Johnson Music. Hire me for your game soundtracks. Check out my upcoming Metroid record. And subscribe to Emily on all of her platforms and fun things that she and does. Lacey. Yeah. Well, and Lacey too, I guess. You know, that's fine. But uh, yeah. yeah, and be good cool. to each other because, damn it, this world is testing me lately. So <laughs> I really want everyone to treat each other with kindness because we all deserve it. We need we need kindness. You can need. be angry at Elden Ring, not each other. <laughs> angry at Elden Ring. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. <laughs> we found the title. There it is. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Lacey, um, you know, please, I'd, I'd love to stay in touch with you. And, Absolutely. Um, as you got new stuff coming out, and yeah. we'll have you back on the show, and maybe Hell we yeah. could stream something together sometime. Stream oh some God. Elden Ring or oh something. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, yeah. Emily. <laughs> I would did love you kill, that. Um, did you kill, Ray, uh, what's her name at Rhea Lucaria? Did you kill her yet? That's She's where the I'm one at. Who That's where you. I'm yeah. at right now. Okay. Mm -hmm, I just mm -hmm. I just kicked her ass last night, and I, I mean, I kicked her ass. I couldn't I'm, believe it. I'm so jealous because she kicked my ass <laughs> very Dude, badly. <laughs> no, you know what the hardest part of Rhea was for me was oh. the wolf. Oh, really? That fucking wolf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. And that's why, probably why I kicked her ass is because I was so OP. You were so angry. Yeah. Well, and mm -hmm. I was so OP. And also yeah. the guide that I read, because I, like I said, I guide sure. for everything. So oh, the yeah. guide was like, you. be aggressive with her. And I yeah. was like, look out. I'm two hand in my sword, bitch. You better duck. <laughs> Get the book out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tilted yeah. the Elden Ring, the podcast. Yeah. That's that's our next collab, Lacey. You and me, oh we're going to do some Elden Ring together. I, I, I will train so that I'm like actually fun to watch. Well, I'm sure I would be fun to watch because I would just explode every time that I die. Well, so yeah. If you run away every time, that's kind of fun to watch. It's, too, you honestly. know, there you go. So yeah. you're giving me hope now. Thank you. Okay, Thank good. you for restoring yeah. my faith in my Elden yeah. Ring ability. Oh, you got this. If you're in, if you're at the academy, you, you so you beat Godric. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't have to beat Godric to get to the I academy, did. I but did. okay. So his yeah, music see? also was like some of my favorite that oh, I've heard so far. Yeah, yeah, blew my mind. So good, blew so my mind. so good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh my god! All right, girl. Well, you have a wonderful <laughs> day and weekend, and I'm so grateful to have gotten to know you. I just yeah. know that we're going to talk many more times and, oh, yeah. and do fun things together. So, oh, yeah. thanks, I've, Lacey. Likewise, Emily. Likewise. <laughs> All right, you be well. All right, you too. Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. You can learn more about Lacey Johnson, you can see a playlist, and you can support Level with Emily at patreon.com slash level. Check out the video of our chat on the Level with Emily YouTube channel, and please do subscribe to our YouTube channel to get all of our new videos of interviews and other things that we post on YouTube. 
I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Bye. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily. Learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media, Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.